The Film Crickets are intended for mature audiences. Any guests on the Film Crickets do not necessarily share the same opinions as the Film Crickets. Film Crickets, chirping about movies. It's time for the Film Crickets with Jay Fortier, Chris Martineau, and Melanie Howerton. On this week's episode, the Crickets are joined by founder, CEO, and host of TYT Network and Democratic presidential candidate, Jank Huger. Jay, Chris, Melanie, and Jank review the 1993 American Western film, Tombstone. Does it stand the test of time? Let's find out your film crickets are on now. <laughs> hey friends, and welcome to the Film Crickets. It's a podcast where we talk about movies from 1980 to 1999 and decide beyond a shadow of a doubt whether or not these movies stand the test of time. I am your co-host, Jay Fortier, along with my good friend and co-host, Chris Martineau. Hello, what's happening? Hey, man. Um, All right. Along with my good friend and co-host, Melanie Harton. How are you doing, Melanie? Good. How about you guys? All right. Doing all right. Hey, about a month or so ago, uh, when we booked Jenk, I said, hey, that's really cool. He's he's um, He's got a book. Um, I didn't realize that there was an extra bonus uh, <laughs> going to be added. So when, when he announced that he was going to be running for president, I was like, um, hey, is this still on? <laughs> You know, is he going to still like have time to talk about Tombstone? <laughs> yeah. So welcome, man. So, thank you, brother. I appreciate it. First of all, when you're running for president, you'll take any publicity. Um, <laughs> um, seriously, no, I love stuff like this. I mean, like if I had my druthers, I'd do a podcast just like you guys. Uh, we, In fact, we used to do a show called what the flick uh, on our network on the TYT network, and uh, we for a while we were the top Game of Thrones review um, show in the in the country, and so and and we had Christy Lemire from Associated Press, Ben Manquist from Turner Classic Movies, Matt Ashley from Rotten Tomatoes, Lonzo Duralde from The Rap. So we had some killers, and I would join in even though I was the amateur, and mm-hmm. uh, I spiced things up with nonsense reviews. <laughs> what, 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 what does nonsense review mean? Like, hey, you know, was, uh, I, I get it wasn't a great, great top movie, but I loved it. And I don't, okay. I, like, you know, sometimes I care about the cinematography, but a lot of times I don't. Okay. No, what are you going to do about it? Well, <laughs> you know, you know, we don't go that much of a deep dive here. Um, sometimes we do, sometimes you don't. Sometimes uh, you want a movie like Citizen Kane, and sometimes you want a greasy cheeseburger like Big Trouble in Little China. So, Either way, uh, works. So uh, I'm glad you're here. That's fantastic. Well, um, Big Trouble in Little China also had Kurt Russell. So, yes. So, and, and, I, I I got a lot to say about Kurt Russell in this movie, boy, because I'm I am on the Kurt Russell bandwagon. I I can't find a lot of even the shitty movies he's in. Yeah. Boy, you like what's not to like about Kurt he's Russell? Great. I have some good. Well, I'm actually on on Kurt, movie. You know, we're talking about Tombstone. We're talking about Kurt Russell. I'm weirdly torn about both. Even though I love Tombstone, I'm going to explain a little bit why I'm torn about Tombstone. How's okay. That for tease? Uh, I, I love it because I I am on I'm I'm on a weird love hate relate not love hate love mildly dislike uh, fence about this movie. So because I've never seen it, believe it or not, I have never I have never seen this movie. It was never on my radar, and I love Kurt Russell. Yeah. Um, I, I he's fantastic. Uh, and I love Bill Paxton. I like Michael Bean, Sam Neill's in this movie. Like, there's so many. Oh my God, Val Kilmer! Like, so many good people in this movie, and I never watched it. It 
it was right around that time for me, 1993. I was like a freshman in college, didn't have any money, didn't go out to go see movies necessarily, and then it just never came back in. I knew it existed, I never saw it. So, so let's get it. Let's talk about Tombstone. So before we um, talk about the movie, and I'm so glad that I, you guys kind of, I hate to say made me watch it, but my assignment was to watch it for the first time. Uh, let's go into history. So Jenk, um, what's your history with Tombstone? Did you see in the, in the theater? Did you rent it a lot? Did you own it? Like, what's the deal? What's your, what's your connection to Tombstone? Yeah, I saw it at the Movie City 5 in uh, East Brunswick, New Jersey. Okay. Uh, the right way to see a movie with a lot of uh, with a lot of uh, uh, butter on that popcorn. Oh yeah, and uh, and I remember watching the movie coming out. And by the way, uh, I would have been a freshman in college too. Uh, sure, actually, maybe sophomore. Uh, and uh, and but I was back home because I remember I would watch it with my high school friends, and I came out of the movie thinking oh, I was kind of I I loved it, but it was. It was kind of schlocky, right? And sure. I couldn't yep. tell if they meant to be schlocky or not. Mm -hmm. And so I thought the others were not going to like it. And yep. then we, we go and do our usual ritual uh, where we hang out in the parking lot and talk about the movie. Uh, yep. These days you make a podcast out of it. Uh, and uh, and I remember Tuan, my friend, uh, going, I loved it. I was like, oh, you did? I loved it. <laughs> and so cool. I was surprised and... And, and we enjoyed it. But to this day, I still have that overriding question of, wait, was it intended to be over the top and, and mm. kind of a comedy? Or, yeah. or or was it intended to be a straight-up Western? Yeah, uh, that's what I was wondering when I watched the movie. Like, what are they trying to tell me? But I, I want to go more into that analysis later. Because we are at a, at a position in movie history in the 90s where the Westerns were trying to come back. Mm -hmm. We had uh, Un Unforgiven, Silverado, Tombstone. Um, there were, I can't remember the others, but they were, it was trying to make a comeback. Um, and Unforgiven won, yeah. won the yeah. Oscar for best movie, and it's so good. And this movie came after it. So I think there's this weird resurgence of this 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 curiosity about the, the, the Western and, and what it meant to the history of America, like what happened back in the day. And I do think it does take some liberties with history, but doesn't matter because that's a movie. So so yeah, you yeah. saw it, you liked it, you're wondering if your friends liked it. Your friends, you and your friends were entertained by it in 1993. Uh, so let's move around the uh, the horn here. Jason, yeah. your history with Tombstone. Um, I was never a Western guy growing up because um, mm -hmm. so, my dad would watch them but it was always a matter of him taking over what i was watching and then yeah. put on these ancient westerns but yeah. it was never a bonding moment it was never something we were like hey check yeah. this out because it's so good it was always sure give me that damn remote <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. or like it's or my like, turn you know, god damn it cartoons <clears throat> or mtv over right so like it was always yeah. like oh, i don't watch this crap so i'd walk away it was never something i cared about now, I did see the trailer, or, or like at least TV trailers for that, and I was like, that looks really good. And I never saw it in the theater, but I saw it, uh, I rented it at home, and um, I, 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 I remember it was like a blazing hot night in the summer, and I was like, hey, Dad, I got a couple of, a couple of movies here. 
check it out. There's one of them. It's called Tombstone. It's a Western. You know, it's like the easiest thing to sell to him. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, all right, I'll watch that. And so it just, it was an instant love. Like, I was like, I freaking love this thing. So I look at other, mo- like, like I don't know, uh, the Unforgiven movie, you love it so much. I think mm-hmm. it's, like, very slow. Uh, oh, yeah, it, it is. It takes a long-ass time to get to, like, I'm like, I don't even remember what the, if, even if I got to the ending, um, mm-hmm. I'll have to, like, try again. But it's just, I love the pacing of this. And this sure. is, like, this set the tone for me. Okay. So... I compare every Western I see to like, yeah, but it doesn't have that speed of, of Tombstone. Like Tombstone comes yeah. like fucking like it, it just th- nails you right from the jump. Guys, can I say that like Tombstone, this is like a Western made by Michael Bay. Yeah. Well, right. It's just like popcorn, gunfire. Love, love it, baby. Barely like what's the motivation of anybody? Yeah, it doesn't matter. You know Those bad guys are good guys. And we're gonna have six shooters shoot about fourteen rounds. Can I, besides that, whatever. Before we get to Melanie's history, I just want to say the reason why we're doing Tombstone is Jenk quotes about three different films on his show. Okay. Uh, one of them's Pulp Fiction. Occasionally, he says, "Great." He says, um, "It's a, you know, it's about the money, Lebowski," which we've already covered mm-hmm. both of those films. And I was like, yeah. And occasionally, he says, "I'm your Huckleberry." So I was like. We're doing Tombstone. Jank, <laughs> do you know the do you know the history of I'm your Huckleberry? I have that. I don't. Idea. All right, yeah. we're gonna get well, into I, that. I, it's... Save that. I want to hear what Melanie's uh, experience was, and I actually have a couple other lines that I misquote that I love. No, uh, whatever. Yeah. Either way. All right, uh, Melanie, talk to me about Tombstone. Okay, so I'm thinking I might have seen this one in the movies. Um, okay. I. To me, it's more like a guy's movie, honestly, like a Western. Totally. Movie. But I, I remember really liking it, and I loved Val Kilmer and, like, all the cast that was in it. And, like, I think Val Kilmer in this was, like, to me, like, probably the reason why I wanted to go see it. I mean, sure. Kurt Russell's in it. Love Kurt Russell, too. But, like, uh-huh. and I love, like, just every part of, uh, you know, um, Val Kilmer's part. So I think I was excited to see it for him. But I, re- I remember being really interested in it and really liking it. Um okay. It's changed a little bit for me as I got older because I haven't, okay. I, have, I don't own it. And right. um, I don't think I've seen this in many, many, many years. I can't even remember it. I mean, it literally could be late 90s that I've actually last time I've watched it. So I didn't write, okay. I didn't remember anything except for like one thing. And that was a Val Kilmer part. <laughs> All right. Cool. Um, yeah. That's where I am. Ex- excellent. So, so look, I'm going to give you my history with it. Uh, my, uh, um, uh, longtime friend and often listener, Brian, uh, we used to have once a year, and it seems like, you know, when you're young, it seemed like we did this every year, when really it was only about three times, because how long have you known them, right? Yeah. Because I only knew him from seventh to about 11th, maybe 12th grade. So we maximum, we've done this four times. But once a year, we'd sleep over each other's houses. Uh, well, I actually sleep over his house because it's easier to sleep over his house. And we'd have Western night and we'd find old Westerns like John Wayne. We watched The Magnificent Seven. We watched True Grit. We watched The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. We watched Fistful of Dollars. So I don't know why, where that even came from. But we're like, we're going to watch Westerns. And we watched Western. We watched like two a night. We decided we were going to watch these movies. And. Um, I remember the last movie, the last Western I saw with Brian was Unforgiven in 1991. 
eventually won the academy award we walked out of the movie theater going that was the best movie it was so good it was so dark it really paints a picture of what the west was and then after that i never saw i can't think of another western i saw and it really wasn't on my radar and i never saw tombstone because i was a freshman in college didn't have money to go see movies finally got to see it because of you guys thank you jank um and uh i rediscovered it I- i'm not saying i was on board with the movie 100 percent certainly entertaining and that's my history never saw it so we're gonna go to imdb breakdown um according to imdb tombstone came out in 1993 it's rated r not entirely sure why uh comes in at two hours and ten minutes the one sentence breakdown is a successful lawman's plan to retire anonymously in tombstone arizona are disrupted by the kind of all laws he was famous for eliminating directed by and i'm sure melanie has something on this jaws cosmatos and kevin jari uh written by kevin jari size oh boy a bunch of people kurt russell is wyatt Earp, val kilmer sam elliott bill paxton powers booth michael bean charlton heston what jason peace priestley's in this movie john tenney's in this movie stephen lang thomas hayden church Danny, dana delaney um lisa collins and michael rooker are in this movie a literally either stars from the past or stars from now in tombstone and, so let's talk up yeah and billy bob thornton oh, yes. yes i forgot oh billy bob God, thornton yes can I say that my husband, I, I read that he was in it, right? And my husband recognized him right away because you can tell his voice clear as day. I go, yep. which one? And he goes right there. I go, oh, my God. I'm like, he looks so different. I, I would not have recognized him at all unless yeah, he told me because his voice, yes. But I wouldn't have recognized him unless my husband said, there he is. And I'm like, what? Okay, I mean, all it took was he's this big bo- bad guy comes over, takes mm-hmm. over this whole bar, and all it took was for somebody to go over and bitch slap him and pull him by the ear and throw him out the door. Yep. So he get teared up, and that was literally the end of it. Like, mm-hmm. are you kidding? Like, that's all it took. That's all it yep. took. But no one thought to try to get him out before that. <laughs> but how many years? How many years before Billy Bob? Before he became Billy Bob Thornton? Right. Well, yeah, true. Um, yeah. He was so. But, but Jason Jason Priestley's in this movie. He's like pseudo famous, and he barely does anything. Uh, he's Am a little too pretty to be in yeah. this movie. I'm sorry, he just didn't look right. Maybe, he's he's too looked pretty. too pretty. He looked a little too girly for me to be. I don't know. I like Jason Priestley, but he did not fit that role. I'm sorry. I love him, but I was like, he just doesn't look like he belongs in this movie. So let me jump in on a bunch of those things. First of all, uh, part of what I loved about the movie was the Billy Bob Thornton scene when he yeah. slaps mm-hmm. him around. Uh, and that's one of the lines that I quote or misquote. I don't know if I got it right. But, uh, you know, you're going to sit there and bleed all day or you're going to do something about it. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I say that on, on the Young Turks all the time. And, uh, and, and then Jason Priestley sticks out like a sore thumb. Uh, mm-hmm. It was like yep. Vince Vaughn in in uh, True Detective. Like I love, <laughs> I love Vince Vaughn, but I'm like I cannot concentrate because this is the, he does not belong in this show. And uh, and so Jason Priestley is like almost uh, breaking the fourth wall or something. Like it was like it was so jarring. But the flip side to that is, and this is leads to another interesting conversation, which is that some of the characters in the movie are gay. But you can't say that back in 1993, and you can't say <laughs> Western, okay? Yeah, I was going to ask and that. And so, 
they implied yep. that Jason Priestley was gay. Yeah. Oh, when and, he held the guy's hand at the end, uh, Billy Zane. Yeah. And the way that he lo loved watching the actor, and that was their way of saying, you know, oh, he's in the theater, he liked that actor, and at the end he holds his hand for a second after he passed oh, away. Shit. It's not Billy Zane. Billy Zane's in this movie. I forgot. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Billy Holy Zane. shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, guys, like I recognize almost every actor in the movie. I'm not sure there's ever been a movie with more famous people than Tombstone. A guy passes through the screen once, and I'm like, "Oh, that's Quintus from uh, Gladiator." When yeah. when Maximus says, "Would you, Quintus? Would I?" You know, when, when mm -hmm. and then right in the beginning of the movie, when Quintus says. Uh, you know, uh, people should know when they're beaten. Um, yep. And I'm like, that's, that's Quintus. Wow. And yeah. then, and then uh, I was, I rewatched it with, or tried to watch it with my uh, kids, which is a, an, another whole other story. But sure. the one actor that they recognized was. I know who you're uh, you Go the ahead. From the Walking Dead? Yes. Yeah. But not Walking Dead, but because uh -huh. of the Galaxy. Uh, yep. he's uh, Yondu. Yondu in Guardians yep. of the Galaxy, and I'm like, guys, yep. that's a young Yondu, and they're like, no, <laughs> yep. and they look, oh my god, it's Yondu. Yeah, everyone is in that movie. Everyone, yep. and then at the yeah. end, they're like, oh, by the way, just in case we didn't put every star in Hollywood ever, here's Charlton Heston at that. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh my what god, the I knew I, I recognized him, but he was in it. From where? Okay, yep. that's what it is. I forgot yeah. he was I, in it. It was so kind of insignificant. Too. And I gotta tell you even though I'm going to get into the flaws of the movie after they're all acting their asses off. Mm. Like you, they, all of them are fully fleshed out characters, regardless of the hot mess of the direction of this movie, which it is a hot mess. Well, I'm sure Melanie's got something on that because I know, he, I know she does. No, but, but I've heard like, some shit. Holy shit. Like, I don't know if Michael, I have everything, but I have a lot. Like we could go, we could go case by case. Let's talk about Michael Bean. Michael Bean is the anti-Doc Holiday in this movie. Mm -hmm. Michael Bean is what M Doc Holiday could have been if he went to the dark side. Right. Right? Michael Bean is obviously so dangerous. He, like, because he, he lets on that he knows Spanish, but doesn't, like, he knows more Spanish than a Spanish person does, but he doesn't let on. And he knows that he he's, a, he's like a better gunfighter than his boss. But he th he's too cool to let people know yeah. that he's the best gunfighter around. Like, he's so dangerous. He's the opposite of Doc Holliday, who is also so dangerous. Val Kilmer, who is so dangerous. He's so dangerous, but he's on the good side, but he's neutral good. Yeah. He's chaotic good. <laughs> to Dungeons quote, and Dragons. Kind of Dungeons yeah. and Dragons-y, yeah. right? And, and so, like, there's so, much there's so much character development in this. Guys. Can I just say something about Val Kilmer? And we, I, I didn't want to bring him up this soon, but, you know, a couple Anything. of drinks. Yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Val Kilmer, did anybody get, like, Johnny Depp vibes from Val Kilmer's performance? Like, you know, Johnny, I, didn't, I didn't until now you're saying it, but yeah. Think about it. Like, he's actually being... A being in there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he is Captain Sparrow <laughs> with a little more intelligence and a southern accent. He's got his shit together. He's pompous. He's damaged. Yeah. Jack Sparrow is damaged. He's sarcastic. He's funny. Yeah, he, he's sarcastic. Yeah. He's funny. And he's above all of it. Yeah. But he's also vulnerable. Like his performance in this is stealing. Mm -hmm. He's better than Kurt Russell is so hard to do. Yeah. But he's better than Kurt Russell and basically 
doesn't except for shooting like the important people in the movie like how important is he not that much like he's important but He's like he is the anti Michael Bean. He's why I want to see the movie though. Oh, he's so fucking good. Him more than anything in the movie. Like I don't remember hardly anything, but he is what I remember. He's so good. So So, any any takes on Val Kilmer? Go ahead. So I have a personal story about Val Kilmer that's fun that I'll share with you in a sec. Hit it. Other tease. Um, But uh, but what the scene where he's most like Jack Sparrow is when he does. The gun twirling, but with the yes. yep. up instead. That was my favorite mm-hmm. part. Right. That's the part I remembered. Right? Yep. That's got Jack Sparrow written all over it. Mm-hmm. And yep. that's why I said in the beginning, like, of course it's not a comedy, but is it like a schlocky homage to Westerns? Or oh, yes. is it straight up a Western? You see what I'm saying? Even though I love this so much, because, like, I don't mind it either way. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a rare movie where I don't care about the intent. Okay? Yeah, sure. <laughs> because... Because the acting's so good, mm. it's so fun either way. Mm. But I did kind of want to resolve it with you guys as to whether sure. you thought it was a schlocky homage or just a straight-up Western. No, it's a schlocky homage. I mean, it's taking all the Western tropes and just doubling down on all of them. I think it was supposed to be serious, though. I mean, I know it's comedy, but... Yeah, it's not a comedy, except right. for... Even Val Kilmer, I mean, he says funny things, but it's not a comedy. Right. No, yeah, I, you know think what? What it, I don't think it's a comedy. Yeah. He, is, he is comic relief, even in the most serious moment. Like, yeah. at the OK Corral, he winks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, right? As he's got the shotgun, right? He's like, yeah. I got yeah. this. Like, you know, like, you know, like, That's I what know started you, the shooting. Right. And it's like, he I know you people that, are scared right now. This is my bread and butter. Mm, <laughs> like, yeah. You know, yeah. like. I got this, but, you know. So it but, just... but Jason, I, I agree with you there in that like I, I am I'm so much better than all of you. This is what I do, right? Yeah. But on the other side of it, it's he's being a cartoon. Like all of the characters in this movie. So to Jenk's point, I think it is an old timey western, fistful of dollars. It's it's Clint Eastwood, man without a, a name. It's 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 good, the bad, and the ugly but it's been shined up and been turned into a cartoon. Doesn't make it not a good movie. I'm not saying I liked it a hundred percent. Doesn't mean it's not, it's just been, it's been glossed over to make it cartoonish, but still to have an edge. So everybody can watch it. Cause to Jay's point, old, old Westerns are kind of boring. They are, they're not digestible by most people. But Tombstone is digestible mm-hmm. for everybody, and that's where we're going with this. Is and I think that's Val Kilmer's part. But on the other side of it, it is dark. Like, why is Doc Holliday the way he is? Why can he say this is my bread and butter? Because he knows he's gonna die. He's got TB. Yeah. What's he got to lose? He's got nothing to lose. He knows he's on borrowed time. And for people that are on borrowed time, they live their best life. Because they know they're on borrowed time, right? Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? Like yeah. I don't know. Like that's to me is the genius of his character, and I'm glad that he wasn't the main character, right? Yeah. Just for that reason, right. he's about too much. It makes him yeah. gutsy. Well, Kilmer's, you could argue almost whole career. I mean, not the Doors, and I'm I'm sure you could find many other examples. <laughs> yeah, but, but is top secret. <laughs> I thought is that was he, hilarious, though. <laughs> 
mm-hmm. it's being the awesomely cool second guy. Yeah. Right? Iceman, sure. Doc Holliday, like that's what Val Kilmer is awesome at. Yeah. Right? He mm-hmm. like almost Spock. And it's kind of a funny analogy, but yeah. a number two that's so cool they yeah. might outshine the number one, even though you right. really like the number one, right? Like yeah. James C. Kirk's an amazing character, right? Yeah. But Spock might outshine him, and that's what makes that show so great that they have such a powerful one and two. Same thing for Top Gun, same thing for Tombstone. Sure. Okay. I'll give you that. And so, Melanie, I, I didn't know that he uh, ad-libbed a wink, which... That's he awesome. A lot. He added he's so much. He added them him whistling when he walked up to the thing too. Like just so many things that he just did on his own for this movie. I wonder if there's one scene that is in the same scene at the OK Corral. There's one thing that he does that I absolutely love. And I wondered if he had ad-libbed that. And I had no idea that people knew what he ad-libbed or didn't ad-lib. Uh-huh. But when he's walking up with a shotgun and he's got his coat on. Yeah. And then he does this, the he shrugs his shoulders so that the f- coat falls off and then he's just got the shotgun. It mm. looked so fucking cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. like, and it yep. feels like that's Bob Kilmer. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you some trivia about him and uh, uh, Kurt Russell later as far as to like how much they were really involved in this movie, like a lot sure. more than you think. Uh, I think what I liked about Val Kilmer, and again, I know the, the direction of this movie is all over the place, and I'm sure Melanie's got something to say about that. What? Um, it, it, it is loose. It is loosely the the movie itself is loosely loosely connected between its acts. But what I will say is what I appreciated the most about Val Kimmer's character is that he comes across first as an alcoholic. He comes across first as like he's sweating more than most people. He is more pale than most people, and we're not sure why. And we think he's just a degenerate drunk. Well, no. Um, I I mean, you you being a first-time watcher, you probably missed the the narration at the beginning where the guy says, Doc Holliday trying to deal with his uh, tuberculosis, maybe thinks the Western... I I saw that. right at the beginning. I know, I, I did see that. But the fact of the matter is, once they go to the color... Yeah, no, I know. So I'm saying, no, but, like, it is mentioned that he has TB, so... I know, but but the fact of the matter is, is that we get to see him degenerate as and have, go through his different waves of degeneration. Like, mm-hmm. some days he's healthier, some days he's not. Some days yeah. he's healthier, some days he's not. And we don't know if he's drunk or if he's sick or what his deal is. Is he dying? Is he drunk? Is he sick? We don't know. But at the end of the day, he's still Doc Holliday. And I just, it's a fully fleshed character to me. And I think it's mostly on the back of Val Kilmer. It's him doing the doing the time to make sure the, the character does what the character should do, which I appreciate. I know Val Kilmer is that kind of actor. I gotta, I gotta say this. No yep. offense to Dennis Quaid, but he had the unfortunate position of playing doc holiday after val kilmer <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and it yeah. was just not good <laughs> like it's no. just no it's just like i was like but it's you know it's like saying hey i got this new guy who's gonna play darth vader okay come on yeah yeah i'm like what <laughs> no <laughs> no you can't have it he already we, did we it all... and it's like you know mm. can, we, can we talk about the mustache work in this movie they're real God, these 
These mustaches are the fucking best. They're all real. <laughs> they're the wow. fucking best. They're yeah. a, they're a character in themselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I just... didn't even have to grow one. He probably taught people how to do a mustache. Oh my god. Because he had a mustache forever and this shaped the same way, so he probably told everybody how to do it. <laughs> oh my god. If you want to be elected president, you need to grow a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> like no, Sam Elliott. No. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm originally from Turkey. If I wanted to be president of Turkey, I have to grow a mustache. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, it looked like uh, and there were so many mustaches in there. It looked like a, a Turkish police academy. <laughs> oh, my God. They all there, have mustaches. I mean, when I was growing up, there wasn't a single Turkish cop that didn't have a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, my God. That's the best. Let's talk. Uh, what the? Um, damn it. Um, the other Earp brother, not Sam Neill. Um, uh, Bill Paxton. Jack, you said it. Like we were talking about first tier, second tier. He is classic third to fourth tier actor. Like he is so good as the fourth guy. Am I wrong? Yeah. No, not at all. In fact, it's funny. Me and my friends were super randomly having nothing to do with this, uh, talking about how Matt Canada had gotten fired today. The you know, offense coordinator of the Steelers. Yeah. And we were saying that if he was in a Tarantino movie, he'd, his name would be Canada Matt. Uh, <laughs> and he'd be the second guy to die. Yeah. Uh, and then if he, if he was, then we were talking about me and we're like, if there's a character named the Turk, he'd be the second to last to die. And he would be the main, <laughs> like, right hand guy, doesn't say anything except two badass lines. Kills a whole heap of people. You thought he was going to die earlier, but he dies near the end, right? Yep. So, like, there are these movies, like stereotypes, these like these ways that they structure these type of ensemble westerns, Tarantino type movies, right? Yep. And yep. in that type of movie, Bill Paxton has fourth guy written all over him. Oh yeah, <laughs> he he's a red shirt. He is a Star Trek red shirt by casting like there's no way he's got skills but not enough to get him to the end he's um, if if he, any of your old school wrestling fans he's sd special delivery jones he's iron <laughs> mike sharp okay he's the guy that's supposed to lose to the main bad guy like mm -hmm. sd special delivery jones is a good guy and you always thought like oh he could win he could win now nah, he's gonna lose he's gonna lose <laughs> the up and coming heel right and that's Bill Paxton. I, I would like to reflect the fact that, according to my um, Zoom meeting, the right-handed side of my screen knows exactly what the fuck you're talking about. And the left-hand side of my screen, Melanie and I are like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Melanie, do you have any idea what they're talking about just then? No. Okay, good. <laughs> just checking. Yep. No, I know what you mean. Like, that, like the, the punching bag that eventually they're not going to win, and you know it. And that's okay because you expect it. But the nuance there is, but they're pretty good. Yeah, right? they're not just a sh schlep, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, wrestling had a lot of schleps that were all no names. Yeah, but when SD came out, you knew he was going to lose to a rising star. Yep, <laughs> you, you're, rooting, you're rooting for him, but you it, put in the end, over, right? yeah, <laughs> there's there's no way. Um, so guys, <clears throat> Kurt Russell, we're gonna talk Kurt Russell. So Kurt Russell is the best. Um, I'm a giant fan of Kurt Russell. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. When I listen to Kurt Russell in this movie, there are, I, I, I'm listening to him again. I'm a big fan of Big Trouble Little China. 
So I'm hearing Jack Burton. And I'm a big fan of Escape from New, New York. So I'm hearing Snake Plissken. And I'm a big fan of The Thing. So I'm hearing McCready. And what's weird about Kurt Russell is he sounds like all of those guys. But but his rendition of... Um, uh, Jesus. Wyatt Earp. Um, Wyatt Earp. Thank you. Sorry. His rendition of Wyatt Earp is minim, minimally dis, different. Sorry. Sorry again. Minimally different from all those guys. Like, they're all those guys, but mm, a little bit different. I want to say he's McCready when he says holy shit twice. When he says holy shit, doesn't he say, oh, no, he says, oh, shit. Right? I guess. I don't know. He, he, yeah. he says it twice, and it sounds like McCready. And other times when he's acting, he sounds like Snake Plissken. And Snake Plissken is basically Clint Eastwood. And other times he sounds like Jack Burton which is John Wayne mm -hmm. and he, but he's not all those guys. He's so close, but he's that much different. And to me as an actor, that must be so hard to be just like the other guys, but just that much different. And to me, that's masterful. I, I don't know. I would like you to digress on the performance of, of, uh, of, of Kurt Russell. What do you think? Yeah, I'll jump in here. Um, I think Kurt Russell was kind of perfect for this movie because yeah. his entire career makes me think, is it a schlocky homage or is it straight up? Like yeah. Kurt Russell has that like thing where he's not a, he's not a super serious actor. Like, nope. And he's got a kind of an over the top feel to him. Mm -hmm. And so another movie where he, he uh, is very similar in my mind, uh, how he acted uh, as, as Tombstone was Miracle about the Miracle. Sure. Oh my God. One of the movies I cry to. Thank yeah. you very much. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's a very similar feel and, and partly because Kurt Russell's in it where you're yeah. like, I get it. Like I love this movie as a straight up inspirational sports movie but sure. at the same time, it's so over the top. Mm -hmm. And Kurt Russell is the guy you want if mm -hmm. you have a main character who's going a little over the top, right? Uh, I, yeah, yeah I, it's, I agree. it's not to say that he's not a good actor. No. It's just that's what he does. Yeah. Kurt Russell is, from what I've, I've, I've listened to interviews or people that talk about Kurt Russell, is that some actors are into the craft. Like, oh, I research my actor. And I want to know, I'm not even talking about method acting. I'm just talking about, like, I research my character and I want to know what they're feeling and I want to know how they react. And if, you're right, if you ask Russell about acting, it's like, eh, it's bullshit. It's just lying. That's what he says. Like, acting is just lying. I'm being somebody else and I'm lying about it. He's not very precious with the craft, which I appreciate. He understands. I'm like, this is just make-believe. Fucking whatever. And you can see that coming through um, in all of his roles, particularly this one, and particularly the ones that precede this, is that you can see that he respects the craft, but he also doesn't take himself that seriously. But he knows when to turn it on. And he's so he's just so freaking believable. He is, guys, isn't he all over the place in this movie? Is he doing it because of a sense of justice? Is he doing it because he wants the money? Is he doing it because he wants to revenge his, his friends? 
what the fuck is his deal in this the movie? The deal is, is all he wanted to be when he first came in this. He just wanted to go to another town and start over and make some money. He had he didn't sure. want anything to do with the law whatsoever. Yeah. He was retired. He, you know, his brother Sam Elliott saw what was going on in the town. He wanted to help. He got involved. Then, of course, you know, his other brother ended up getting involved, and he still wanted to stay out of everything. And he told them stay out of it. He even wanted to move. He didn't even want to stay there. He just yeah. wanted to stay out of it and just have a brand new life. And uh, it was when, you know, he both of, you know, he's the threat to his brothers. He knew he had to step in. And yeah. then he basically took over when one brother died. He wanted to send the other one to safety with his wife while they were still alive. And he was going to finally revenge his, his uh, brothers. But um, he didn't want anything to do with it in the beginning. And it's not like he's all over the place. His mind changed as the movie yeah. went on. Right. Yeah, so, I, I agree with Melanie. I agree with Melanie. If there was anything serious in the movie, like a serious theme, it was that uh, you are who you are, and you can't, yeah. you can't change it. Like, mm -hmm. Wyatt, the whole movie is trying to change who he is. Mm -hmm. and, and all three brothers are. But the first mm -hmm. one who crumbles is Sam Elliott's character, where he just can't help himself because mm -hmm. that, he's a lawman. He can't mm -hmm. stand the injustice. Right. Mm -hmm. And and you know why it's gonna crumble and, and become a lawman, and he does, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's the theme of the movie, which is that you can't escape your destiny. Right. Sure. And that's the theme of Unforgiven as well. Is that as much as Clint Eastwood tries to get away from his past, um, he's going to hell and he knows it. He's unforgiven. Therefore, um, it doesn't matter if I'm trying to be good, I'm bad. And in this case, you have these three guys, the Earps, who are like, we're trying to be profiteers. We're trying to make a bunch of cash, but we're good. Yeah. So we have to, when we see injustice, we must act. As much as we try not to act, we must act. Um, yeah. so I that th everyone that's was scared in the town and the, the way that they were living. And like the little boy almost got run over by the stupid cowboys who were just taking over everything. I mean, mm. they were just like big bullies, you know, and they just couldn't stand yeah. <clears throat> They couldn't stand looking at them. Even when they were at the theater, Kurt Russell just kept looking at like, oh my God, shut up. Like all the remarks mm. that, uh, what's his face was making in the red shirt. What was Curly the Bill. In the movie? Billy, Billy, yeah, Curly, Curly Bill. Bill. Um, he was just like, oh my God, just shut up. And he just knew like everything. He just knew they were just nothing but trouble. Yeah. No, by the way, he was looking at By them, the way, like, this isn't I, I want to say the bravest person in this movie is probably Billy Zane because if, you, if you're yeah. presenting yourself yeah, yeah. like, you know, in tights, in, in, a, mm. in a crowd full of people that have guns and, yeah. and shoot at the ceiling, shoot at the stage. Yeah. <laughs> and you can yeah. still, still sit there and do. They shot at his little statue there. Yeah. The little, you know, the little, uh, whatever the hell that was. The bus. He's still going, you know, the, the St. Uh, Crispin's Day speech. You know, yeah. like, holy yeah. shit, he's still doing it. It's like, wow. Yeah. Um, but, like, you know, I had never picked up on the Priestley being gay character until today because, like, when he held the hand and then also you had Dana Delaney's, they showed Dana Delaney's face, look at it, like, look at the hand holding for a second. And that was like a, a thing that they were like, but I never actually picked up on that. So I never like, picked up on yeah. that either. Even until just when today. I watched it the other day, I saw no. that, but I thought, I thought he was just sad for him, you know? Yeah. And I thought that she looked at him like, oh, he does care. You know what I mean? Like, he was a good guy, and this guy does care about him. But I didn't yeah. I still didn't pick up on that. See, I, I in, when he touched his hand, and to me, it, it, it confirmed what I had already thought 
uh, as I was watching the movie, and, but it kind of justified Jason Priestley being feeling like he was so different than everyone else. In yeah. a sense, he was supposed to be different than, than everyone else. He was the character who cared more. He was the character that, that was not so cold-hearted and eventually couldn't take the injustice um, after, you know, uh, what happened to Zane, et cetera. So, so he kind of justified that he stuck out uh, like a sore thumb to me. And, and in terms of the whole arc, you know, you can't wait for, at least I remember watching it the first time around. I don't know if I saw it in a trailer. Uh, and I know, of course, the second time that I watched it, I'm waiting for it the whole time. I think I probably got on YouTube and rewatched this scene too. You're the whole time you're waiting for Wyatt Earp to go become Wyatt Earp again. And yeah. so when he says, you know, I'm coming and I'm bringing hell with me. Yeah. That's what you want. That's the payoff of the whole movie. Like him shooting guys afterwards is like almost an epilogue. Like, okay. yeah. Yeah. Like we, the climax is when he says he's bringing hell with him and the crowd's like, yes. Mm, right. Yeah, it is. It's like the same moment when Kurt Russell, when they, we beat the Russians in, in miracle and he goes in the hallway and does the yes. Right. Yeah. And that's that version, that character's version of the payoff. Right. That's Kurt Russell being Kurt Russell at at his at peak Russell, and uh, and that's what we wanted. I have an alternate recording from that. You want to hear it? Sure. The Cowboys are finished. You understand me? I see a red sash. I kill a man wearing it. So run, you Kurt. Run. Tell all the other Kurt. Justice is coming. You tell him justice is coming. And hell's coming with me, you hear? Hell's coming with me! Of course! What the hell was that? That's for my show. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right. And the name of my book is Justice is Coming. All right, all right, all right. So since I started running for president, I stopped promoting it. But since you mentioned it, tyt.com slash justice. Uh, it's called Justice is Coming, so that's perfect. Jenk, uh, no, uh, I gotta ask you this. I don't know if I, I have to like. This is the poster. That's the tagline for the uh, tombstone, and I was like, "Is that how he got his freaking uh, book title?" Oh, no, funny. but this is one of like the best reveals <laughs> in podcast history. Wow. I totally didn't know that or forgot that. That's awesome. Oh my god, Justice is coming is the actual tagline of Tombstone, one of my favorite movies. That's awesome. Oh my god. So was it intentional? Absolutely not. Was right. it probably in deeply buried in my head? Deep in your probably. head, you didn't realize it. That's great. It's yeah. part of your psyche. My goodness. Yeah. Cool it's a nice catch, Jay. <laughs> so, so. I want to say something. Yeah. Just Go about ahead. the movie in general. I just kept saying it over and over to my husband. I was like, I cannot believe, just from the very beginning, when Val Kilmer was playing, you know, poker or whatever, and the guy, some guy whips out a gun and then he whips out a gun. I'm like, it was, it was insane to me that like back then you'd be just like, I'm just going to shoot you. I don't like you. I'm yeah. just going to shoot you right here. I'm going to shoot up this bar. I'm going to shoot the ceiling. I'm going to shoot whatever. And I'm like, and then when one guy gets killed, he goes, it was a fair fight. He called me a liar. So you can just shoot someone because it's fair because they called you a liar. He started it. I mean, it's yeah. like, 
again with like guys you know what i mean like just guys in general they're always wanting to fight each other and they think it's all right it's it's kind of like glossed over it's taking the manliness of old westerns and cranking it up to 11 like the west wasn't fucking like that like that's not a it was either i think it was just general lawlessness or not that bad i mean i wasn't there but the Uh, fact of the matter yeah go ahead yeah i I looked this up because uh we cover you know news and politics on on yonder so uh we unfortunately have to cover mass shootings all the time i was just thinking about that yeah, it turns out that the legendary shootout at the OK Corral, only two people died. Sure. These, yeah, these days they wouldn't even register it. That's not even a mass mm-hmm. shooting. Mass right. shootings when four people get shot or four people die. So OK Corral would have been an, a blip. So, yeah. Melanie, as it turns out, it's much, much, much worse now than it was back then. Well, sure. and that's what I was thinking. I'm like, it's almost turning back into that because – I'll never forget watching, I don't watch the news that often, honestly. And I remember, I think it was during COVID time, I was watching a little bit. And I remember, I met this guy was just, it was in Atlanta, was walking down the street and he had a, a machine gun uh, in his hand. I don't, I know you're not supposed to call it a machine gun, whatever the hell they're freaking called, but it was a huge ass mm-hmm. machine gun in my eyes. And I yeah. was like, you know, I know they, the real gun people are going to get on me. Like, it's not technically a machine gun. Anyway, I was one. like. Oh my Whatever. God. I said to my husband, I'm like, what, what is that? I'm like, is that a machine gun? And he goes, yeah. I go, somebody's just allowed to walk around with that in public. He goes, yeah, they're legal. I'm like, that's insane to me. Like, and that's mm-hmm. the problem. And like, it, I mean, I don't want to go on about that, but that's insane that you're allowed yeah, that, to walk around with something like that. There's no every, anything like every, that unless you want to do something. Every else. morning in DC, every morning in DC, there's something about that. Yeah. So armed to the teeth actually is a saying that comes from Scotland. The teeth is a river in Scotland. And the reason you'd be armed to the teeth is because you could only be because everybody was armed. But yeah. when you got to, uh, to towns, you had to turn in your weapons, just like in Tombstone. Yeah. And right. So you also had to turn in your weapons, which was accurately portrayed in the movie. That's why things are way crazier today than they were back then. Because at least when you got into a, a major town with more people, they not every time, but a lot of times they would take your guns from you. And sure. then they would give it back to you when you're leaving town. Yeah. Whereas now, to your point, Melanie, some guy can walk down the streets of Atlanta yeah. with an assault weapon. Yeah. I mean, you know, in some Westerns, they have those Gatling guns, which are my favorite. Mm-hmm. The ones that go that are circular, right? Yeah. And yeah. that's I like I, I joke around on the show, but it's not exactly joking these days. That somebody's gonna bring a Gatling gun one day to like a Walmart. And yeah. the Second Amendment guys are gonna be like, Of course, that's what the Valley oh. wanted. They wanted Gatling guns at Walmarts, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, it's totally out of control now. But by the way, people having guns, but I just don't believe I'll, no one's ever gonna convince me that you need that type of gun for anything. And to mm-hmm. be allowed to just walk around the town with it is insane to me. That looks like he's gonna like. How do you know that guy's not gonna go crazy in five seconds? That's you know, like to, you're allowed to, to me, carry that. Like in the middle of Montana or in the middle of the of the of the old west, where you have a ranch and there's no law enforcement for miles. Yeah. And someone's coming into your property. Sure, have a to gun. Steal your yeah. shit. Sure. Yeah. But in a densely populated city, yeah, we can probably get a police officer pretty quick. 
need to be walking around with AR-15s. And it was that's like a, some sort of like a riot type thing, and I'm like, that's not. Yeah, that's bullshit. Safe. That's like, nonsense. <laughs> too many people yeah. over there for that. Just real quick, Melly, that also explains the Billy Bob Thornton scene. Because yeah. the reason why it's easy to uh, throw out Billy Bob Thornton, but no one did it before, is because any slight means you're probably going to uh, get into a gunfight and die, right? Yeah. yeah. So you have to be ready when someone slaps you. It, this is an existential moment for you. They yeah. do you might die in this moment. They did and a so lot of big slapping in this movie. Like, they slapped Billy Bob Thornton, somebody slapped the bartender, and then Wyatt Earp slapped someone else. Oh. It's like... I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. No, but like on the guy who slapped the bartender, we haven't mentioned him. Ike. He's a he's a big character because like he's like he's always flip floppy. Like I'm I'm brave. Okay, now I'm in trouble. I am Mm -hmm. no longer brave. (laughs) It's like I am a bad. Wait. What what's that word? (laughs) Like, you know, like he's like every time he's like, you know, like I'm going to get you because I have my friends right here. Yeah. yeah. And then the moment he's got a, a gun on him, he's like, oh, oh, I swear I didn't mean it. Like, and then he drops mm-hmm. his, he, like, he's, he's, I mean, by the way, I think it's so funny that, like, they're going to kill him in the back, you know, because he's, he's, he's run, you know, he's riding. They're like, you know, they were already going to get him. He takes the red sash and drops it. And it's like, oh, he quit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, can't shoot him. It's like, wait, yeah. you know, this guy's going to, like, turn on you, like, in a, like, about, like, a week, right? Um, yeah, so I, I just thought it was kind of funny. Um, that's you're like why uh, did you let him live to begin with and he's like go tell your friends i'm like we were just like hey you should just kill him now because that's one less guy you get to try to fight later on he's like, one of those actors though that looks better now really i don't i don't yeah he's, know he's an avatar did you ever oh, see yeah. avatar i've only seen the first yeah. one and it's a long time oh yeah, my god the, yeah he's is the, he the wait is he the main like bad guy yeah in, uh, holy cow i gotta look this up all right i'm gonna look this up oh, yeah. no, it, Everybody has to watch Tombstone just to see the, all those actors and yeah, movies. That's by. true. Yeah. Yeah. Although Sam yeah. Elliott looks the same in anything. Yeah. He looks he, the that, same in Mask, and he looks the same in The Ranch. He looks like he's always the same. He could narrate Mouse anything, game. by the way. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, awesome. I love him. He's so good. Him. Chris, so I, I don't want to run out of time and not get to find out. Where does I'll Be Your Huckleberry come from? Okay. Um, I'll be your Huckleberry. Oh, yeah. uh, Melanie has it. Uh, Melanie's got it, but, but you know what? Okay. So let me let me play like the, uh, the TMI. Let me play a right, TMI let's intro. Let's go TMI. It's time for TMI with Melanie. Listen, listen to this. I am in the bathroom right before the movie starts. Uh huh. And I'm in the stall, and there's no toilet paper. Mine are at home in a display case above my bed. TMI. TMI, my friends. TMI? Too much information. Don't go there, but that's lame. Now, here's Melanie with your timeless movie info. All right, so I'll just do I'll just do the uh, that part first. So, um, okay. So in 2020, Val Kilmer put an end to the longstanding Huckleberry Huckleberry debate. He claims that the line was written as I'm your Huckleberry in the script, meaning I'm your man, you've met your match. But the reason why people didn't understand what he said was because in the 1800s, a burial casket would have three handles on each side and they were used to lift and carry the person. So um, instead of being called a pallbearer like we do now, they were called a Huckleberry. So that's basically. So I am your ultimate man. Yeah. The the last person you'll see, I am your your huckleberry. Yes. I see. Huckleberry. 
And in the movie, did he say Huckleberry or Huckleberry? He said Huckleberry, Huckleberry like I am your man. Okay. You know what I mean? Kind of a yeah. thing. Yeah, that's what I thought. Referring yeah. to yeah. Huckleberry, you know, like from the book. All right, the budget was $25 million. It grossed 73.2. Filming in Arizona was plagued with the heat and scorpions. Uh, let's see. The line uh, quoted by Doc at the end of the fight when confronted by one of the cowboys, um, when he said, Doc, you son of a bitch, um, I've got you now. And Doc replied, uh, you're a daisy if you do, was actually historically true. He did say that. Um, when the Earps uh, first enter Tombstone, a grave marker in the cemetery says, here lies Lester Moore. Four slugs from a 44, no less, no more, is actually a real tombstone. In Arizona, it uh, was a person um, who was murdered. It was a Wells Fargo agent murdered in um, NACO. It was in NACO, NACO, Arizona. No, no, no. Um, Val Kilmer improvised many, many lines in acting. According to Val Kilmer, the screenwriter wanted the actress to wear real wool costumes in accordance with the time period. In the Birdcage theater scene, Kilmer says that a thermometer on the set read 134 degrees Fahrenheit. Kilmer suggested jokingly that the reason why Doc Holliday killed so many people is because he wore wool in the summer in Arizona. That made him mad. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Val Kilmer practiced for a long time on his quick draw speed um, and gave his character a Southern aristocrat accent. The Southern accent is an authentic touch as Holliday was a distant cousin of Margaret Mitchell, the Arthur of Gone with the Wind. Right. Um, Val also had the art department fill his deathbed with ice, which he laid on. Not only to shake more on the performance, but also to create pain equal to what Doc may have felt was saying goodbye to his best friend. Wow. <clears throat> when Virgil uh, returns to the salon and collapses after being shot, Kurt Russell accidentally banged his head when he was trying to pick him up um, off the floor. Um, adjusted for inflation, and I thought this too, $500, that's a lot of money back then. When Curly Bill wins $500. Okay, so when this movie was made in 1993, that equaled $6,700 back then. <clears throat> um, Wyatt Earp died in 1929, having never have been scratched by a single bullet. The fact that his name is known uh, above, for instance, um, is because at the time of the famous gunfight is largely due to Wyatt's self-promotion. Before his death, he walked in Hollywood circles, and John Wayne once claimed to have met him, apparently modeling his famous walk from Wyatt Earp. Um, right. Wyatt Earp became a consultant in the motion picture industry, advising on Westerns after he moved into Hollywood in 1915. He uh, visited the sets on several silent films directed by John Ford and starring actor Harry Carey. In the movie Tombstone, the role of Marshall Fred White was played by Harry Carey Jr. All right. In reality, uh, Johnny Ringo did not die at the hands of Doc Holliday. On July 14th, um, 82, oh, sorry, 1882, uh, Ringo's body was found lying against a tree trunk in Arizona a neighboring property owner heard a single gunshot on the afternoon of July 13th and discovered Ringo's body the following day. His feet were wrapped in stri strips of cloth from his undershirt and probably because his horse had gotten loose from his picket and bolted with his boots tied to the saddle, a method commonly used at that time to keep scorpions out of them. There was a bullet hole in his right temple and an exit wound in the back of his head. His revolver had one round expended and was found hanging by one finger in his hand. His horse was found two miles away with his boots still tied to the saddle. A coroner's request stated the cause of death is unknown. That sounds like a suicide to me. Yep. But supposedly by a gunshot. His body is buried near the base of a tree where it was discovered. Um, the movie Curly Bill, uh, in the movie Curly Bill is not charged with the murder of Marshall Fred White as there was no witnesses to the shooting. In real life, charges were not filed because prior to his death, Marshall White explained the shooting was an accident. 
Um, during the famous gunfight, members of the two opposing parties were initially only about um, six feet apart, and 30 shots were fired in 30 seconds in the OK Corral fight, for real. Mm-hmm. Um, director George P. What do you say? Cosmatos? Cosmos? Yep. Is quoted as saying, all the lightning and the mustaches in this movie are real. Uh, yeah. The movie was filmed during monsoon season, um, although there was a couple parts of lightning that were fake that was ne- next to the actors. Um, but all the mustaches are real. Doc Holliday's last words, I'll be damned, are uttered when he realizes he has bare feet. He swore that he was die with his boots on. Oh, um, I, never, I and, was trying to figure that out. So, yeah. I'm, well, And I'm there's like, a little bit up. more to that because they said that the main theory is that Doc had become a gunfighter hoping that somebody would kill him to spare him the effects of tuberculosis. So that was another reason why he was like, I'll be damned. Like, I'm dying. Like, Got it. Kind of a thing. Um, let's see. I went down, so I have to try to figure out where it was. All right. Val Kemmler wrote in 2017 that Kurt Russell was a major influence in directing of this film. He was solely responsible for Tombstone's success, no question. A month into production, Kevin Jar, or Jair, was replaced mm-hmm. as a director after he became overwhelmed in the duty and fell behind schedule. George P. Cosmodus, and by mm-hmm. the way, uh, uh, Sylvester Stallone recommended him for, the movie, for, for doing this. Um, was brought in and hit the ground running. According to Kilmer, I was there every minute, and although Kurt's version differs slightly from mine, the one thing he's totally correct about is how hard he worked the day before the next day's shot list. In tremendous effort, he and I both put into editing. As the studio, Hollywood Pictures would not give us any extra time to make up for the entire month that we lost with the first director. I watched Kurt Russell sacrifice his own role and energy to devote himself as a storyteller, even as going so far as to draw up the shot list to help our replacement director who became, who came in with only two days prep. Um, so they, they did a lot for this movie. It wouldn't have mm-hmm. been the way it was if it wasn't them. Wyatt's wife, Maddie suffered from severe headaches in real life. It was called a, I'm not going to say this right. Uh, a lawn, lawn denim addiction. Laudanum. Uh, basically opium. It's opium. Yeah. yeah. Um, originally, uh, it was a 10% raw opium, um, equivalent to 1% pure morphine that was soaked in ethanol. Um, it had been used in medicine since at least the 17th century as, ma- as any kind of pain medication. They gave it as cough suppressants, cramps, anything back then. Um, in fact, um, it took them 200 years uh, for it to be like kind of banned. But even mm-hmm. babies were born with, um, you know, uh, what do you call it? Like... Um, Withdrawals, uh, like, withdrawals. Yeah. yeah, they were born with withdrawals um, because the the moms were taking it while they were pregnant um, for any kind of pain. Um, the way in which Doc Holliday was introduced in the first showing with his hand flipping the coin before um, panning up to his face is almost identical to his first appearance in Top Gun, nineteen eighty six. The only difference, instead of uh, the coin, it was a pen. Um, the famous quote from Wyatt: "I already got a guilty conscience. Might as well been, might as well have money too." was stolen from the last hunt 1956 movie um and then and and this is kind of cute in 1988 kurt russell named his son wyatt russell after wyatt earp the character he essentially play in this movie wow that's cool all right super Uh, i i considered naming my son wyatt but two of my friends beat me to it so then i was like I can't do a third Wyatt. Yeah, yeah. Check it out. It's the Wyatt. Story name, 
So we named them Curly. No, I mean, what? <laughs> so no, so instead I named my book Justice is Coming. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah, right. It's time now for final judgment. Are you ready to rubber stamp this bitch? Here's the final All judgment. Right, time for final judgment. A lot of people in this movie received final judgment. Mostly from yep. Doc Holliday. Yep. Um, no, but like it's a, the moment where we talk about how well this movie holds up. And uh, let's start with uh, let's start with Jank. Yeah, it, it's a it's a nine out of ten. It holds up great um, because as long as you're along for the ride, as like if you're expecting Unforgiven, you that's not you're not going to get that right. Nope. No, it's not a it's not like a serious movie that's trying to be a classic. It's it's trying to be what it is. It's uniquely it, it's the funny thing is I would say that it's maybe a combination of and this is a really weird description of but Unforgiven with the Big Lebowski. Like you take those sensibilities like a western wow. All right, yeah. Right? And then but like the fun feel of the Big Lebowski with like the over the top acting and the schlock and all that stuff and you smush them together and you got Tombstone and sure. uh, and and it's hard not to appreciate that. So when I rewatched it, I felt like no, that's exactly why I felt when I watched it the first time. Uh, Melanie. Um. All right. So I when I first watched the movie, I absolutely loved uh -oh. it. Um, right. Loved it, loved it, loved it when I was younger. Um, and I still totally enjoyed watching it. I loved it. I was so glad. I was actually very excited to see this movie because I hadn't seen it in a long time and I remember how much I liked it. Um, I, I do honestly feel like if you like all these actors, I feel like everybody needs to see it at least once. I feel like if you like all these actors and you like Westerns, you know, you want like a, a good movie to watch, I said definitely watch it. I do kind of feel like I remember towards the end thinking, how much longer does it have? Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, I, I'm not going to say I don't like it. I do like it. I like it a lot. And I feel like everybody should watch it, but I did kind of feel like it was a little long. I don't know something about it. I, I so I'm going to say, I, I think it holds up to a lot of people, but I think you have to be in the mood to watch it. And I don't think people that are super young right now would have the attention span for it. I don't know. Um, so I'm going to go 50, 50 on it, but, um, I did want to talk about the very end that, which we didn't talk about with Val Kimmer killing Ringo, um, at that last words when he was talking to Wyatt and he goes, I can't beat him. Can I? And he's like, Nope. And he knew he was going to get killed. So I love that he, he snuck over there and met him and did it first. Cause he knew that his best friend was going to get killed. And I just had to say that I, that was a really good, nice, awesome thing. Cause he knew that like, he knew he could beat him and he'd be the only one that could do it. But at the same, and he didn't want his friends get killed, but he also knew that if for some reason he doesn't beat him and he dies, you know, what's, he knows he was on the deathbed anyway, but I just thought that was awesome. Cause he knew that he would be the best chance because he knew how fast the other guy and he knew that he was the only one that could have a chance of killing him. Sorry. I was just like to go no. along with what you're saying. Yeah, um, I'll good. go next on that scene. What's so, you know, how Chris, you were talking about how awesome Johnny Ringo is and dangerous he is. Yeah. Think about how dangerous doc is because doc is like a, a minute away from death. He's, you can mm -hmm. see it on his face. He's sweating. Yep. He's weak. He's pale. He's still. Uh oh, oh crap! Please Sorry. don't go away. No, I just uh, you know since we're this close to the end. Oh, well, 
he'll be back in a second. That's wow. so weird. I've never like I've never yeah, seen it's that. Like this, yeah, it's like this. It's it's like fucking like internet or something. Like it's like you you know like it bounces up and down. Sorry, no, it's all right. It's, it's, uh, even if I don't I don't see you, but at least the I know it's recording. It's there. Um, yeah, and it's recording you. Anyways, I want to say how awesome is that? He's in his weakened state. Yeah, sick as a dog, can pull out the gun, shoot him, put it back, <laughs> and then taunt him for yeah. another minute. Like, come on. <laughs> Yeah. It's the greatest moment. He's like, come yeah. on. He still has yeah. enough energy to go, come what what what's the matter? Yeah. <laughs> it's the greatest, yeah. man. It's such a great feeling. I love this. Yeah. Um and it's funny. Uh Chris, you had said I wasn't, you know, that into it or whatever, like, or you didn't like it that much. And I was yeah. worried for a second. Is this gonna like 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 am I am I re like gonna have like revisionist history now am i gonna watch this and suffer and i watched it i was like no <laughs> i loved it yeah i, I felt just yeah. as good as i ever did so i'm gonna say it still feels the same i'm i was just as excited to watch it and i i didn't even have to watch the whole thing like i could hear it in the background and know exactly what was happening so mm-hmm. um it was great and it, it was so much fun and chris super all right so I think if you are into the actors and I think that if you are drinking their Kool-Aid, it's really an interesting watch. I think everybody does a super job. I think yeah. the direction is a mess. I, I think that the fact that they have a scene and they're playing pool and um, Kurt Russell says, do you believe that uh, they let him off without, you know, let it, they said he was innocent because there were no witnesses? Like, to me, that's poor direction. And the fact that we have a scene where we have Kurt Russell say, no, no, and he walks out in the middle of everything and doesn't get shot nine times is, to me, a little bit crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, to me, is the comic book aspect. But they're going off of true stories, though. I know, but that's bullshit. No, look, look, look. <laughs> it's going back from old westerns where... A six gun can shoot 9,000 times and no one reloads. And a, a two barrel shotgun can shoot six times and no one reloads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I get it. It's okay. It's a cartoon. I understand that. It doesn't matter what I think about the movie in terms of filmmaking. You can tell that they had direction problems. You can tell that Kurt Russell took over mm-hmm. a little bit. I think it's kind of patchwork together. But having said that, I'm going to side with Melanie and say that most people don't really care about Westerns anymore. I also think that it's piggybacking on the fact that Westerns had a resurgence in the late, in the early nineties and that people really wanted to go see epic movies, movies that were over two hours that were these stylistic things to watch back in the early nineties. And I don't think people care about that anymore unless it's a Marvel movie, which is unfortunate. (laughs) So to that, to that end, I would say, the actors are fantastic. I think the direction is a little bizarre because it has a the movie has about five different tones to it, and I don't know what to follow, and I don't think it holds up because I don't think anybody's going to watch the movie anymore. I think we are, but I don't think anybody else is. Yeah, so like to we that like end, it, but somebody young want to like it. You know, no, I don't mean? think so. So to that end, I don't think it holds up. All right, that's it. So wow. yeah. I'll say the last couple of things if you guys don't mind. No. Yeah. no. Yeah. Number one, to that point, I did have trouble having my kids watch it. I thought they'd like it with me. I, mm-hmm. 13-year-old son and 11-year-old daughter, 
my daughter actually uh, hung in there with me the whole time, but my son went to go play video games. Yeah. <laughs> attention span right. nowadays. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, totally attention span. But but I would say that if you you know if you're a kid and you're out there and you had have heard of westerns, but you don't want to watch all the old westerns. Yeah. Just watch Tombstone and you'll get it. Sure. Like, yeah. Like yeah, you have all these great actors. It's like a, like I keep saying it's a in a little bit over the top schlocky version of westerns, but at the same time, that's how westerns were. They weren't yeah. forgiven. They were like yep. Tombstone, right? Yeah. And yep. so just watch Tombstone and you got it covered. Okay. Yeah. And so uh, next thing is uh, I'm in LA. Uh, I just got there. This is about 20 years ago. I came from uh, the East Coast and 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 I live off of Sunset. That's where we started the Young Turks in a little one bedroom apartment. And this maniac cuts me off in the middle of the road. I mean, massively cuts me off in a dangerous way. He's got like this really cool old car and it's a convertible. And I honk at him like, what the fuck? And then he turns around and he gives me like a V for victory and this big giant smile. And it turns out the V is not for victory. It's for Val Kilmer. And it was Val Kilmer that I nice. up. And I was like, oh my God. And I went from like, what the fuck to... Oh, that's so cool! Oh my yeah. god! Oh, just cut me off in traffic. Oh <laughs> my god! I would have died. Yeah. So, awesome. yeah, LA's been surreal, and then seeing guys like that in real life, and then seeing them in the movies is amazing. What year uh, is that? That so? Oh, that's a good question. That was had to be around oh, 2001, 2002. So that's in that ballpark. I love yeah. him. I follow cool. him on Instagram. Did you watch his um, documentary that he made? I did. I did. And it was kind I of heartbreaking. Cried. Oh, mm -hmm. God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, because I remember Bob Kilmer, for, of course, from all these great movies where yeah. he's like the he's like the essence of vitality, right? In mm -hmm. Top Gun, mm -hmm. Iceman, like as, as the you Saint. know. Remember the Saint? Yeah, the Saint. And, but even Doc Holliday, even as sickly as he was, yeah. He's so young and oh, so, so you know, vibrant. So yeah. And yeah. then to see him in the documentary as he is today, oh, oh it's just heartbreaking, you know? It sure is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then uh, I'll end on this, uh, jankforamerica.com. Yeah, man. There <laughs> it is. That's awesome. Uh, so, yeah, that was our show. We'd like to thank you for being here, man. Uh, that was great. So, if yeah, if you want to tell everybody about that, that's, that's, that's cool. Um, yeah. So, like, you know, like Jay said in the beginning, yeah, I am actually running for president. Yes, I am actually polling better than three governors right now. Um, and and uh, I'm an alternative to Joe Biden, who's going to lose, but I don't want to make it too political. Um, and and it, well, basically what I told Joe Biden is I'll be your Huckleberry. Uh, <laughs> wow. Um, but I'm worried to Huckleberry and given his shape. But anyways, uh, two, 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 let's knock on wood. Uh, so jankforamerica.com uh, if you'd like to find out more about it or support the campaign. Awesome. Fantastic. Thank you so much for being here. And uh, I'd like to thank Steve Lavoie for our vocal imaging and Draco in the Malfoys for our theme music. And uh, please help us uh, by uh, liking this video and subscribing to the channel. Uh, it really helps. And uh, my name is Jay Fortier. And on the behalf of co-host Chris Martineau and co-host Melanie Hello. Howerton, uh, I'd like to thank you for joining us here on the Film Crickets. And until next time, movies may not age like fine wine, but we drink it anyway. Bye.